Gridiron Grinder, Hut Hut Hike. All right, we're rolling. It's Friday night, Gridiron Grinder time. I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is my buddy James. Just a couple of dudes hanging out, talking about what's going on in the NFL each week. This is episode 180 of Gridiron Grinder. And for tonight, we're going to kick things off with Name That Stadium. Then we're going to do our news from this past week. After that, we're going to give you guys a franchise tag primer. And last but not least, we're going to close it off with our question of the week. And so, yeah, man, with all that being said, how's it going tonight there, James? It's going good. How's it going with you? It's going good, man. Going good. Off season is, you know, in full effect. And, um, yeah, franchise tag time, man. Yeah, franchise tag. Jeez. It's like... It feels like the franchise tag is like way too close to the season, but <laughs> to the end of the season. Yeah, like it's like way way too close. Like we just got done with the Super Bowl. Let's digest yeah. that, and then then Let's like, wait a couple oh. weeks. <clears throat> yeah, but like the league year starts with like the sixteenth of March. Is that when it is? Yeah, I think it. What that's what it is, and so that's when free agency starts and. Yeah, you got to get all this sorted out first. Yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, there's a lot for, like, cap casualties and stuff like that already floating around, and, you know, we'll be into the full swing of it. I remember, you know, the last couple of years doing this, it seems like this type this time of year, it's like we report something, and then the next week everything's, like, already totally jacked up. Somebody got <laughs> yeah. signed, somebody got cut, somebody got traded. So, you know, it's just like haywire every week, and so – uh, it, it's kind of a fun time of year though, right? Yeah, it is. I, I like this time of year. Plus we got the draft coming up in the D Yeah, in the D, but so, I mean, it's, you got the draft coming up, which I, I kind of, I watch college football. You, you have to catch up on that shit. Yes. I started reading my, uh, Walter football guy. And looking at some of the things, you know, Kuiper, McShay, that kind of stuff, you know, Kuiper's big board, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'll get there, man. But yeah, like right now, this is where I start to dive in and, you know, I'll, I'll be ready for it when it's time. Uh, it's, I mean, it's what, like, that's what, like three episodes from now? <laughs> well, I mean, if we're taking some off, right? We got two months before the draft, man. Not even. Isn't this it like the end April? of April? I thought it was the beginning of April. Is it the beginning <clears throat> of April? I don't know why I thought it was the last week of April. I don't know. If, I, for some reason, I thought it was the first week of April. Well, we better figure this shit out, James, because we got a lot of homework to do between now and then. It is, you're right. It's the last week in April. Okay. We can breathe easy. No yeah. biggie. I thought it was. I thought it was earlier. It, fuck! I should have remembered. Last week we were talking about it, uh, figuring out when it was. Yeah, it's all right. We got to pack a lot in between now and then. You know, talking about team needs and, you know, who they added, who they, you know, whatever, all that, all that jazz. So. Yeah, because this one, this, and then we do do our free agency one. Next, I think. Yeah, I'll have to go back and check, but I, I like that we kind of got a rhythm this time of year with, mm -hmm. you know, the flow of it every offseason. You know, it kind of guides itself almost, you know. It seems like 
we only have a couple of them that are sort of like wild cards where we just pick whatever topic. Yeah. And shit, like, isn't it like right after the draft, the um, fucking schedules are announced? Yeah. And they, yeah. And they probably, uh, they probably, you know, tell you the team sooner, right? Because they always tease you with it. Yeah. Well, like the schedule, like, because it's formulaic how <clears throat> they, um, oh shit, forgot. Combine's coming up. Yep. So, yeah, so you have the draft. No Central then, Michigan guys at the Combine this year. Tough times. And it's early May. So it's like right after the draft is the schedule release. Yeah. I found this handy dandy um, league dates. Nice calendar. Yeah. So apparently, franchise tag window opened already. I didn't realize that. Okay. And then. Then you have um, the combine next week or next weekend. And then the following weekend, you kind of following week or weekend week or so after that, you have the uh, legal tampering, and then the league year begins on the thirteenth of March. Gotcha. Fun stuff, man. Fun stuff. Uh, well, homie, when you're ready, dude, how about you do a little name that stadium for us? All right. So as you can see, I'm traveling around to different stadiums that <clears throat> host NFL games. Uh, generally, I tie it into something or, you know, in the offseason, I kind of just have fun with it. Um, last week, I was at Kansas City and everyone probably, oh, sorry. First person, guess, guess it right. I forget this because nobody <laughs> fucking guesses anymore. We'll give you an extra special shout out. Bookmark it. You can play it. Play it over and over. Show it to your grandma. Yep. Yeah. Show it to your grandma. Or, or... But last week I was uh, in Kansas City, and the assumption is because Kansas City won the Super Bowl. But no, it was more more of the shit with that happened with the parade and stuff because I think that happened like that day. Yeah. And so it was that that was more the reason besides besides the Super Bowl. I mean, I was two the week before the Super Bowl. I was at Kansas City because or the week in between I was at Kansas City because that's who I said thought, I thought was going to win. So I just repeated it because of the shit that happened with the parade. <clears throat> gotcha, gotcha. Makes sense. And. Um... Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, we talked about it last week. It seems like our views go up in the off season, or at least they yeah. did last year. So maybe we'll get a taker one of these weeks. You know, maybe we'll get a boost in the views, and people will be like, "Ah, I want in on that action." Yeah, you never know. Yeah, fingers how crossed. Been, fingers crossed. How it's been going lately? Kind of doubted unlikely. a little bit. <laughs> it kind of, kind of feels more and more unlikely, but. Well, let's just, you know, put some positive vibes out there, James. We can try. All right. Well, we'll shift gears, do our news of the past week. And um, I'm just kind of scrolling the NFL.com site as we're talking here. Uh, I put most of my focus on preparing for the franchise tag part of this. But, um, you know, you mentioned earlier the uh, salary cap is set for 2024. And it looks like it's going to be two hundred and fifty-five point four million, big mm -hmm. money. 
Uh, we talked a little bit before the show that, hey, man, you know, you start making people pay for streaming services, uh, which we hate, obviously, and you start pushing it more international, build the fan base. You know, that's how they make more and more money, and they can pay these guys more and more, and, you know, it just snowballs bigger and bigger every year. Yeah, it, I mean, they went up almost 31 million this year. So, I mean, like we as we say, though, every week, it's like the cap is fucking fake as it is. Is that what it was? It went up 31 million? It went up 30. I'll get the, I'll get the exact number on it. Fuck, but it that's was, all, dude, that's more than 10%, man. It went up 13.6%. It went up 30.6 million. Per, that's a huge per jump. Team. Um, the it's listed it's the largest jump um, it has taken from one year to the next um, since since '94 when the salary cap was introduced. Okay. Which I mean, that's obvious. I mean, that's like fucking 14 percent. Like, yeah, it's huge. I mean, it went up. It didn't quite go up Patrick Mahomes' money, but it it went up <laughs> close to it. Uh. All right, so um, yeah, you mentioned we've got some some cuts or expected cuts coming. Um, I see the one that's like right here at the top with the Dolphins. They yeah. have parted ways with Emmanuel Ogba, and it looks like they're expected to release cornerback Xavier Howard. That one I'm kind of surprised about, right? Because um, you know, going back a few years now, he's been one of their top cornerbacks. Uh, I guess they did bring in Jalen Ramsey last year, right? And so maybe it's just a matter of, you know, they got to figure out where they're going to be putting the money, and this is one of the guys that's getting shaved off. Yeah, and so so by by cutting Howard, it, the the news actually it was he's been told they're going to cut him. It's not okay. that they're going to they're expected to cut him. His his agent confirmed today that he was going to the team was going to cut him, and it's. Uh, It it'll be after June first that they it'll be after June first they cut him because it'll save eighteen point five million against the cap this year. But yeah, they'll significant. have they'll have two seasons of um about tw- not twenty three million each season, but two seasons totaling a twenty three million dollar cap hit dead cap hit for him. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, there's been a couple signings. So going the other way, we've got uh, the Lions bringing back Michael Badgley on a one-year deal. Um, And then uh, I did see that the Chiefs have signed Matt Areza, a Mm -hmm. free agent punter. Was he that guy involved in that sexual harassment or whatever it was? Was yeah, it rape sexual, or something? It was, or? Yeah, it was it was rape, and then um, basically, basically the charges and the lawsuit came out, and he was with Buffalo at the time, and then in like November, December this past year, like he charges were dropped against him, and he was dropped from the lawsuit because because he proved that he couldn't have been in the room at the time okay. because there was. Because apparently there was video evidence of the of like the shit that went on at the party, and like oh, gotcha. he wasn't he wasn't actually in the room when all this shit happened, so they 
day job search. From what I remember, <clears throat> I'm, I may be remembering incorrectly, but okay. Let me see. Yeah, that's pretty wild because, man, I remember Buffalo cut him like instantly. And you'd think that if um, if he was innocent, there was no wrongdoing. Man, you just like totally derailed this guy's livelihood. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I don't know all the details. I, I would say if if he is, in fact, innocent of everything, didn't do anything. Well, it's great he's getting a second chance in the league, right? Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, there punters, kickers, not a lot of people talk about. But I do remember people saying that this guy was going to be, uh, you know, likely a really good punter in this league. And so, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, that's from that's what I remember, too. I'm trying to look, um, look up why like because charges weren't filed okay i i remember that like so i'm trying to remember and then like the chick was suing him and he countered sued I'm just trying to glance for it. I'm not finding. Yeah, that's okay, man. Because for some reason, I remember he was accused of gang rape at an off-campus party. Gotcha. And then prosecutors concluded that the evidence didn't support them filing charges against him. And she dropped the. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. All right, that's fine, man. Um. So you were talking about Kansas City earlier and the uh, shooting at their Super Bowl parade. Uh, I did see this past week. It looked like there were two sets of arrests. One of them was two adults were arrested. And then another I saw was two underage, you know, juveniles, as you call them, arrested Mm -hmm. for that. And so it looks like they're, you know, they're uh, taking action, getting that sorted out, which is good, right? You know, you want to catch the bad guys in these kind of situations, obviously. Yeah, I, I, I still, it's it's weird. Like, to, yeah, that's that's what I saw. But like, I don't, I didn't understand. Like, I I said, like, how do they know that it was like a dispute? One of the people they arrested um, was the guy that was the first to begin shooting. Oh, so somebody was threatening him. Okay. And that's so the video showed he, he, um, 
He told detectives he he hesitated shooting because he knew there were kids there. He told investigators he began began firing after someone in the other group said, I'm going to get you, which he took to mean they would try to kill him. Jeez. And it was... And two adults, it was like an 18, 19-year-old and a 20-year-old. Those were the adults that were involved. Oh, gotcha. So young adults? Yeah, young adults. Strangers who pulled out guns and began firing within seconds of starting an argument. Both men were shot, and they have been hospitalized. I don't know. I I could get on a soapbox about about guns. Like I understand the need, like the right to have them, but some people just shouldn't. Yes. But, and that's all I will say about that. Yes. Uh, all right. So then the last thing I got, James, Jimmy G, has been suspended for two games for violating the league's substance, or not substance, performance-enhancing substances policy, uh, and the Raiders are now expected to release him. You know, See, not like he was going to be the future there anyhow. I mean, I, 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 I saw something about, you know, their new offensive coordinator was excited to work with Aiden O'Connell, and I don't know that Aiden O'Connell's the answer. I think there's potential for him, right? You know, he showed... Mm -hmm. He's got the arm, you know, if he can get caught up with the speed of the game and everything like that, maybe he could be, uh, you know, a starting caliber quarterback at some point. But, you know, I think everybody kind of knew Jimmy G was on the way out anyhow, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, it was just a matter of, of time and contract and cap and all that crap that they got to work out. So, yeah, a couple I, – I miss that with Jimmy G. Like, it kind of surprises me that – First of all, two games only. Like, I know people, first offense got four, six games. Like, why is it okay. two games for him? Like, that's a little weird, a little odd to me. Gotcha. Yeah. So, if they're not following a normal precedent, you know, yeah, there should be some explanation. You know, maybe, mm -hmm. maybe there's like varying levels of these performance enhancement substances where. It's like, oh well, hey, if you're fucking straight doing steroids, then yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take you down. But uh, oh, you took, uh, you know, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what I don't I don't even know an example of any of these other ones. So, you know, like the Frank Thomas Total T or whatever it is, you know, <laughs> Nugenics or something. You know, then then it's like that's eh, bad, but you know, it's still kind of natural maybe. So. Yeah, I see you You looking for something. Yeah, because that kind of annoys me because, like, uh, he will not appeal for two games. He used prescribed medication without having a valid therapeutic exemption. Okay. Gotcha. That makes sense. It was, it was so, so whatever he took, it was prescribed by a doctor, but he didn't. He took it and didn't get a 
that apparently there's an exemption for having it in the system type of thing. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, he'll be out there. Somebody will sign him, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure he'll get a, a shot to be a starter, but he'll definitely sign somewhere as probably a high-end backup, right? Yeah, prob- probably. I mean, I was surprised how much the Raiders gave him to fucking come in. Like, I thought that contract was ridiculous, especially like, I mean. Josh McDaniels, man. It's, oh, the familiarity and, you know, whatever. It didn't work. Yeah, so. And he had Devontae Adams, dude. He had he had weapons. It's like, man, you just, you know, I don't know. It's just, whatever. Yeah. You know me. I don't like McDaniels, and I was kind of hoping it would fail anyhow. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't really have anything against Jimmy G necessarily, but I just don't like Josh McDaniels, man. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. Like, I. I just like Jimmy G. Like he's fine as a quarterback, but like he's hurt all the damn time. Yeah, that's that's a risk. Is that you know you want him maybe coming off the bench instead of being your main guy because if he's coming off the bench, hopefully he's only filling in for a couple games here or there. You don't have to rely on him the whole season. So yeah, so I mean. That is what it is with him. And your favorite topic is the um, Saints cap space thing. Speaking oh, yeah. transitioning from the Raiders to the to the Saints. Um, apparently, they restructured Derek Carr's contract. Uh, all right, because yeah, I saw they were like eighty million over. <laughs> yeah. It was like Three. how did how did you beat sixty million over? Oh well, we're we're eighty million over now. <laughs> yeah. So. So they're they're not that bad. A lot of teams. I don't know how you can be so far projected over the cap. Yeah. Um. So with the with the Saints currently, they're projected to be forty five million under the cap. Under. Was that? Wait, no. I'm sorry. Forty five million over. I'm sorry. It the the fucking site it did it weird and that's all right. I it threw me. So they're 45 million, but they freed up what was it, 23 million? Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know that they were 80. I think they were like 70 million over, but it was a shock because they were like 60 million over last year. <laughs> yeah. So, so they were. Where is it? No, they were. It was. Roughly eighty million. Jeez, man. Says while the twenty twenty four cap has not been set, the team will likely need to free up roughly eighty million versus restruct via restructures, according to that that article. This is this is an article yeah. from uh, before the Super Bowl. So, so they converted a good portion of his salary to a signing bonus. Um, and so he only, so they freed up twenty three million, which is again fake cap. Probably put in a couple void years there, and yep. and just fucking. Let's see what. 
what is this? What is over the cap say with this? Yeah, the, man, the void year thing, dude. I know, I know, we've talked about it a lot, but it just rubs me so hard the wrong way, right? Because mm-hmm. think about it: if you're a GM, and you know, maybe you're getting, it's like you're like, I'm going to go all in because if I don't make it, I'm going to get fired. Well, all you're doing now is pushing that pain off to the next generation. Mm-hmm. And now they're fucked too, man. It's like such a ripoff, man. Like there it just it just should not be allowed, right? Like if it we're going to have a salary cap, you should not be able to do that kind of shit. Yeah, so I was joking about void years. He has three void years at the end of his contract. Yeah. So technically his contract is through 20, 2029. Yeah, he'll never make and it that long. He and 27, 28, and 29 are void years. And yeah. 20, which gives gives his prorated, like in 2027, 20, he's like a $17 million cap hit, which I mean, the way the cap's going up. It's not bad. Not bad. Um, but... Yeah, why do you need void years if he's only going to be at seventeen million? <laughs> so, so that that's it. This year he's twelve million against the cap. Next year he's fifty one point five million against the cap. Yeah, and they'll tweak it. The following year he's sixty one point five million against the cap. I mean, they really fucked up with that contract. I really yeah. fucked up with that contract. Oh, I, I agree, dude. I agree. Yeah, I think they, um, you know, they had the window of opportunity when Sean Payton left to just say, fuck it, we're $60 million over the cap, we're blowing it up and we're going to rebuild. Mm-hmm. And instead, they've been keeping it on life support, and it's just going to make it a slow, painful death. They're never going to get over the hump this way. They're only going to get worse. Yeah, but see, the problem is, like, honestly, if they blow it up, if if, like if they if they were to blow it up, like they would still have like they're not like a lot of the contracts they have would cost more money. Yeah, against the cap, and it'd be one bad year. But I'm just saying, if they wouldn't have brought in Derek Carr. You know, that that right there was like a huge piece of the pie, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and then they could have they could have made other uh, like commensurate moves with guys last year to start setting the stage of, hey, it's going to be, you know, probably two years of pain and then we're going to start going up again. Right. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's going to be like, well, now we're just going to have like six years of struggle <laughs> and, and maybe we'll get lucky in one of those years. <laughs> Yeah, and like I mean, they they have okay, so it's like Ramchak, Jordan, and Kamara, right there, take up seventy, take up about a quarter yeah. of their of their cap. Yeah, I guess that's probably part of the problem, right? Is that when you're locked into so many big guys, you probably just have to say fuck it, let's get Derek Carr and try it because we're screwed no matter what. Yeah, and like I mean, like a lot of like like Ramchak right now, like this going this year. I don't have last year's numbers anymore, but because this year, like if they were if they were to cut him, they he would be a thirty two million dollar cap hit, 
instead of 27 or yeah. Jordan would be 36 million dollars instead of 23 like like Lattimore who's a cap hit of 14 million would be 45 million dollars if they were to cut were to cut him like they got to they got to do some some shit and just like restructure everybody to not restructure but just just stop restructuring everybody yep yeah. And just bite the fucking bullet, wipe the slate clean, and move from there. But when you're so far over the cap, you have to like you have to get under the cap. What the fuck are yeah. you gonna do? They should never have should never have signed Carr. Should never have signed Carr to such a big fucking contract. They should have gone with Jameis Winston or uh oh, yeah. Dalton. Jason Hill. Taysom Hill. Yeah, and Andy just, Dalton, yeah, that's fine too. Just, yeah. Just bite the bullet and tell your fans honestly, yo. We're gonna suck for about two, three years while we reset the cap, yeah. and then and then we'll be able to build, and just go on from there. Like, but because because they're they're so far over the cap, and they have to keep keep pushing it out to get back under the cap. Like they're already projected to be. Uh, Next year, they're already projected to have be $46 million over the cap. Yeah, that's not good, dude. And that's considering that you have a lot of people that are... <laughs> you have a few people, a few... Like, you have a lot of people that are, like... Like not under contract. That's only yeah. that's only forty a forty three man roster. The NFL has a fifty three man roster. They have forty three people in, under contract through the end of next year, twenty twenty five, and they're already forty five million over the cap. Like when you get that far that far slanted one way, you ha you have to do this shit to keep pushing it out to be able to fucking operate. Oh yeah, they're jacked up, dude. They messed up real good. Yeah, but I mean, and they're the prime example of why we say the caps fucking fake cap. fake cap. Like, I mean, Buffalo is another example of that. Like, but they only have one more year where they're where they're kind of screwed. Like, they're forty-one million over the cap right now, currently. Um, but next year, next year they only have thirty people signed through the end of twenty twenty-five. Which ha gives them thirty-one million of projected cap space. Gotcha. But I mean, fuck. Yeah, I didn't even pull up the cap numbers for the franchise tag stuff. I know we've talked about it in past years, but it's like I kind of looked at it as, hey, man, you know, if they really want to hang on to a guy, they're going to find a way because, like, they've just manipulated the crap out of it so much now that it. it it almost doesn't matter. I mean, I, you know, it, it probably is still good to point out, right? Because it's like, well, how could a team like New Orleans franchise tag a guy? They they fucking do it, dude. They'll find mm -hmm. a way to do it. <laughs> yeah, because, because but that's that's the thing with it. Like before before the league year starts, they have to be under the cap. They can franchise tag the guy, and yep. which and, gives and them sign him to a longer the deal, and yeah, right. But also. If they franchise somebody until he signs the franchise tag, he does not count against the cap. So they don't have to get oh yeah him under the cap. They just have to get everyone else yeah. under the cap before 
before they before the start of the league year. Gotcha. All right. Well, what else do you have for news, my man? I think that was about it. Let me take take a glance. Just a lot of puff pieces. Um, interesting one. McCarthy's not going to go to the combine. Hmm. Which I think I think it's weird for a head coach not to go to the combine because because you're gonna have a say. Yeah, Jerry Jones makes makes this Jerry Jones. Yeah, Jerry Jones, whatever the fuck his name is, makes the decisions there. But I mean, he listens. He'll listen to McCarthy's input, and I believe he listens to McCarthy's input. But he's not going to go to the um, combine. Yeah, and you think Dan Quinn leaving as defensive coordinator? Maybe this is a year where you want to be a little more on top of it. Yeah, exactly. So I, I didn't, I just, I just saw the article. I didn't look at if there was a reason why. Uh, yeah, he just oh, trusts his scouts, and he's thinking, eh, you know, they'll give me good info. I mean, for him, it's like, hey, it's basically Super Bowl or bust, right? I got to believe one more year of this, and Jerry Jones is finally going to pull the plug on him. Okay, so, so they're. So the reason he's not going is because um, him and uh, uh, da, 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 Zimmer won't be going because they're going to be working on um, staff and changes to their scheme, and we'll have a full week together in Dallas, blah, blah, blah. If, you know what? Do it at the combine. Do it at the combine. Fucking like, burn that midnight oil, man. So it's... And this is the quote. Zim and I have a full week together here and, and cover a lot of ground with things we're working on. At, at the same time, we can still participate in the combine process and have direct contact through video calls and meetings while having our coaches on the ground there as well. Like, <sighs> It's fine. Do what you want to do. You're not going to win the Super Bowl anyhow. So Yeah, do what you want to do. You have a quarterback that fucking blows. and Yeah, you choke when it matters most. Exactly. The Lions did beat you. Yes, they did. And don't give me that bullshit that there was still whatever left in the game. They they fucking beat beat you. (laughs) And you should be embarrassed. All right, what else you got, man? Uh, I think that was it. I was taking a glance. I kind of agree with with this. Um, it's it's a little bit of a puff piece, but um, the TJ Watt is calling for more clarity on defensive player player of the year voting. Okay. Um, everybody, uh, don't get me wrong. It's just, it's just that the voting. I want more clarity on how that all comes. It's, it's I, I, I just saw it. So, uh, he just, he just kind of wants to know. You know how how yeah. What stats matter most? <clears throat> what stats matter most? Because 
Like he, like he said, he said that you know, he said he the part of his quote was, "I don't have a problem with players. Uh, everybody's phenomenal. Miles, Micah, they're great players. It's just that the voting is the is the issue, and he wants to know how how they deter, how the voters determine that because." Like I mean, all three of them had phenomenal seasons. How did they? How did they pick between yeah. Watt, Garrett? It's just who you personally like, or what? Yeah. Do you yeah. have like some quantifiable criteria? Yeah, but I I forgot the I I I completely completely missed this. But he was the first player in the in the NFL history to lead the league in sack three times. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he just wants clarification on how the winner was selected. I just I saw it and I hadn't seen it earlier. It's all good. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, I just saw. I I see something else that. Shannon Sharp. I'm sorry, sorry. Chad Johnson. If it was Shannon Sharp, I would put more weight on weight on this. Um Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco? Yeah, I get yeah. Ocho Cinco said a little birdie told me Russell Wilson is going to the Steelers. Okay. <laughs> he pushed back uh the Oh, uh, and I read the quote more. It's it's another bullshit piece. God damn it! <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry it's, man. It's, it's it's an article that was posted like like an hour ago, so I hadn't had time to read it, but I saw it. Want to address it? When when Sharp pushed back by suggesting oddsmakers have Chicago quarterback Justin Fields as a betting favorite to land with the Steelers. He said, no, Fields is going to Atlanta. I told you, I got the script. Okay. I heard New England, but, you know, and now Fields is saying he wants to stay in Chicago. See, I doubt Fields would go to New England because New England has a number three pick. And I think if you look at the – let me verify those because if yeah, you look see, at I heard, draft... I heard I heard a rumor, and it's all rumors, right? But it was that New England would give up their second round pick, and then that way they could use their first round pick on a different non quarterback player. But who the fuck are they gonna like? Fucking Marvin yeah. Harrison Jr. Actually, actually, no, I remembered the order wrong and it depends on what chicago wants to do because chicago with fields if chicago takes a quarterback then new england won't get one of the top two quarterbacks in the draft and i think i think there's only two quarterbacks that are deserving of going that early in the draft and we'll get into that when we get to draft but chicago washington new england and washington needs a quarterback too so if chicago doesn't part ways with fields then they're not going to draft a quarterback if they do part ways with Fields... Which means they'd be trading the pick. 
yeah, they'll probably be trading the pick. But with New England at number three, they have they have a chance of getting either May or Caleb Williams. I think. I think they I have think, to trade up. I think I, I think I think quarterbacks are going one and two, dude. This is this is one of those drafts where there's so much hype already for these quarterbacks. You know, like there's certain years, like you remember the year the Lions drafted Okuda, and like quarterbacks were like not even in the conversation, and we kept saying, "Oh, wait until we get closer to the draft," because they always go running up the board as you get closer to the draft. And then that year, of course, the Lions had that huge pick, and we could never fucking trade it. But mm-hmm. it's like this is a year where you already have two guys already like hyped up big time. And the LSU guy is the third guy that people are saying, oh, for sure, him too. And it's like, dude, if Chicago doesn't take a quarterback, they are for sure trading that pick, man. And they're mm-hmm. going to get a freaking massive haul for it. So, so but, that, but that's the thing. And so also, though, and I'm just going to throw this out there. Fields played at Ohio State. Yep. With Harrison Jr. Yeah, so trade to two. You know, let Washington come up and get their guy. So you trade back a spot. And then trade to three. Let New England come up and get their guy. And then draft Marvin Harrison Jr. And have, like, fucking five future first-round picks. So with Harrison Jr., I think... If if they play their cards right and trade with the right teams, I think they could get him because I think Her- Harrison Jr. is going to go three four. I yeah. think that's the slot for him. Yeah. I think I think Chicago would be stupid to take them take him number one, but I could see them drafting him number one and not trading the pick because because one of two things is going to happen. They're going to find out if Fields is the guy by giving him a true yep. wide receiver. That, well, he's, that he has Moore. chemistry with. Yeah, DJ Moore with. and Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, yeah. if you can't be a sweet quarterback with that combo, you got a problem. Exactly. Or, but I think you, I think you're right. I think you trade back, and I I would I would set it. Try. I I don't think Washington's going to trade up because because everyone's higher on Caleb Williams, but I think Derek May is a better quarterback. Sure. So. So I don't think Washington, if Washington watch, watches the tape and looks at the skill set of the quarterbacks, I would be fine with May coming number two. Yeah, um, not giving up the future of your franchise and draft picks. Right, exactly. Also, on the flip side, I think Caleb Williams, even though I think Caleb Williams is a step behind Derek, uh, May, Drake May, I think that you Caleb Williams would be could be the future of the franchise too. So wherever you're at, at two, whoever whichever quarterback falls you, unless you're completely 100% sold on one of the two and you you don't want to give it up the yeah. chance. Yeah. Then you stay at two. Yeah, cuz that's the thing. If you really want Drake May that bad, you got to think maybe we move up to one spot because what if Chicago trades it to whoever and he's mm-hmm. their guy, right? Then you're, you know, then you're stuck with Caleb Williams, which probably not the end of the world, like you're saying. It just it, it only matters if you got your heart set on it that bad. Right, but but he has to be 
so far and above Caleb Williams on your board. If mm-hmm. you have them close, like you mm-hmm. you don't move. And then New England. I, I think I, I I don't know. I'm going to disagree with you because I think I think when it comes to a quarterback, you have to be that that particular. You got to say mm-hmm. this guy is our guy. This guy, and you go get him. I think if it's you know defensive lineman, offensive lineman, a different position, you can say, yeah, we got them both rated at a 93 or whatever, and we're just going to wait and take whoever falls to us. But I think for a quarterback, because you're basically saying this is going to make or break our franchise and it's going to make or break our careers, we got to get the absolute guy that we love, and this is him, we're going to go get him. Right, but what I'm saying, like, if if it's – if if you're if you if that's the case, but if you if you have them like really close and you're you're just like you're deciding between the two, like you don't yeah, have and, one and if you that, like them both, that's your if guy, you like and them you both. like them yeah. both, and you like them both, you just stand pat and yeah, don't give up your future draft picks if you exactly. if you're if you're that close on them. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, man. If if you're if you have somebody that's like yes, this is our guy, then yeah, I would look at look at trading up. I saw the draft day movie, man. You know, Kevin Costner. It was great. I actually haven't seen that movie. What? Oh my gosh, you're killing me, James. You got to watch it. I've seen it like fifty times. Yeah, my some people in my house don't like to watch. Only like to watch things like Bluey right now. So. Well, it's you wait until they all go to bed, and then you have your adult time. And you watch your movies and your shows, and you know you'd be happy in your head yeah. and in your heart. But 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 then I have to have to convince another person that doesn't want to watch it. Well, you wait for it. her to fall asleep on the couch, and then you change the channel. I hear you. All right, it's not working for you. I got you. I got. Yeah, you. it's. I it I have to have one of these days where where you I'm just by say, myself. Sorry, I gotta work late. <laughs> I gotta work late, and then you, you know, just hang out at the office and watch it on your laptop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't want to give you bad ideas, okay? But if you need them, you let me know. So, yeah. All right, let's let's move on here. Let's do our franchise tag primer. You ready, man? I'm ready. All right, so uh, James, as I was telling you before the show, basically what I did in terms of my methodology is I took the uh, the PFF top 200 free agent list and I sorted it by team alphabetically. So I've got Arizona, Atlanta, Baltimore, blah, 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 blah. And I put their top three guys off of that top 200 list and then I added in their lineups rating as a point of reference. And I thought we would start just by talking about, okay, here's these guys. Do you think they'd get franchise tagged or not? Um, some of them are obviously no's because even though they made this PFF 200 list, they've got like super low ratings. Like some of them are low 70s, some of them are high 60s. And so it's like, obviously you're not going to tag a guy like that. And then some of them are are long in the tooth, guys that have been in the league a long time, winding down their careers. 
Those are guys that almost never get the franchise tag. And so, you know, we'll kind of just go through it like that and talk about it. And then, um, you know, oh, also, I did want to, um, I think you had the, the, um, the, the chart of what the position values are, right? Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to run through that real quick? And then we'll talk because it, it kind of helps yeah. to say, oh, a running back's going to be 12 million or whatever, you know, like. So, so I don't have all three values because there's each team has three choices on a free agent. They have an exclusive franchise tag, non-exclusive franchise tag and transition tag. The exclusive franchise tag, the player can't negotiate with anyone else. The non-exclusive they can negotiate with anyone else and try to get a contract, but the team has, I believe, the option to match it. And then the transition tag is that he basically, I forget what the one really of them you get is. draft picks, right? Yeah, the, 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 the ex, non exclusive franchise tag you get draft picks, the transition tag you don't. Yeah. And that's what it is. If he signed, it's not you have. For the franchise tag, it's not you have the chance to match it. You get two first-round draft picks for that player. Yeah. And so it almost never gets exercised because that's a lot to give up plus franchising a guy. And then you got to, like, maybe get him to a long-term deal. And it's a lot of risk. And, you know, a team's not going to give it up unless they're confident they're going to sign a guy to a long-term deal. But Mm -hmm. even then, it's like, man – Two well, first no, no, round no, picks no. a lot. With 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 that, they, they, he does he has the right to negotiate a contract with, in advance with the team in advance. Okay. So and then he comes to an agreement with the team. And yeah. it's I've never I've never actually seen it happen with the yeah. two first round picks is steep, man. Yeah. So so and I'm not going to go over the values for the transition tag because the. I, yeah, the just give us the just give us the main it's just franchise. The, franchise the, the non-exclusive franchise tag is the predominantly used one, and so you have quarterbacks are at thirty-eight point three million for the for the franchise tag. Um, running backs are at eleven point nine five. So, like you said, twelve million dollars for a running back. Wide receivers are at almost twenty-two, twenty-one, um, eight, sixteen. Um, then tight ends at 12.7, offensive linemen at, uh, I'm just going to round 21, defensive ends at 21, um, defensive tackles at 22, linebackers at 24, cornerbacks are 20, safeties are 17, and kickers, punters, special teams players, kickers and punters, long snappers, et cetera, et cetera, are at just under $6 million. Okay, I did. I did see that. One thing I want to mention: next year, the defensive ends and offensive linemen are pro- projected to jump a lot to being the top top two franchise tag values. Where they are, where they are, what th- defensive ends are two, three, fifth, six, two, three, four. Fifth and offensive linemen are sixth. Okay. So they're they're projected next year to be two and three. Um, two and three. And quarterbacks next year are projected to be forty three million forty three million for the franchise tag. Steep. Also there's with the franchise tag, there's the um it's so the ex- 
Okay, so the exclusive franchise tag guarantees a player a one-year salary of the five highest-paid players at his position that current season or 120% of his previous salary, whichever is higher. And it prevents him from negotiating contract with the other team. The non-exclusive tag guarantees a player a one-year salary of the five highest players at his position from the previous five years. Okay. And applied to the current salary cap or 120% of his previous salary, whichever is higher. But he al- it allows the team allows the player to negotiate with other teams who would have to give up two first round picks in addition to whatever contract they agree on on with the player. Not non-exclusive tags would use and um, also with it the. If it's multiple years where their franchise tag, the value goes up. A player being tagged for a second consecutive t- season is paid 120% of his previous year's salary. A player tagged for a third year in a row receives 120% of the average of the five highest players at his position or 144% of his previous year's salary. And the transition tag is average of the 10 highest players at at that position for the last five years um and that's a lot of information but that's how the franchise tag works yeah gotta have it man gotta have it uh all right well yeah so let's just jump in and look at some of the likely candidates or not you know not even necessarily Hmm. likely just some of the candidates for some of these teams and Right off and the I bat. messed up. I'm gonna I'm gonna retract because I gave the exclusive franchise tag value. Okay. Um, not the non-exclusive. Non-exclusive is slightly lower. Gotcha. So Good QBs job. 30 36, running backs eleven point three, wide receiver twenty point six, tight ends twelve, offensive linemen twenty, defensive ends twenty point two, defensive tackles about twenty one, linebackers twenty a little bit under 23, cornerbacks 18, a little bit under 19, safeties um, 16.2, and kickers, punters 5.6. So it's just slightly less. It's not not a couple positions. It's it's a decent chunk less, but anyways. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Uh, all right, so the first team we're looking at is the Arizona Cardinals, James. And this one it's a stinker right off the bat because they are the only team to not have three guys in the PFF top 200 list. In fact, the only, (laughs) the only guy they have in the PFF top 200 list is wide receiver Marquise Brown, who according to lineups is an 80 overall. You know, I, I like Marquise Brown, but I don't like him that much. I, I think that it would be unlikely that they would tag him. I do know that their GM just came out and said that the Cardinals plan on spending money in free agency this year. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm not convinced that they're like that in love with Marquise Brown. Remember, they mm-hmm. traded for him from Baltimore. Uh, you know, you had Kyler Hurt for a lot of the year. Uh, it's not like there's been like some great chemistry and success with these guys. I don't see it. What do you think, man? So with the um, Cardinals, they have 17 free agents um, this year. And 
of the 17, I don't think any of them are really going to sign anywhere else. Yeah. Like I couldn't really find one that's like, oh, they have to have to do this, have to sign this guy or they have to sign that guy. Like I, I just, I could not find a single player that would be worth the franchise tag that they would need to use the franchise tag on. Yeah. And, and Marquise the- Brown might have a market in free agency, right? But not that kind of a market where you've got to franchise him because, mm-hmm. it, you know, his market in free agency is going to be similar to, you know, probably a half a dozen or more other wide receivers, right? It's not going to be, you know, some crazy thing here. Exactly. It's not, it's, it's not going to be an exorbitant salary. It's just, uh, he's just not, he's not a top tier wide receiver where you would look and say, Oh, I must bring him back. He's a fine wide receiver, but yeah. And if you can sign him, cool, but you're not going to tag him. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. So he's the only guy for Arizona. Uh, I agree with you. Nobody else is even worth looking. Nobody else made the top 200. list, So there's, there's no reason to think about looking at the 16 or 17 other guys you mentioned. Uh, all right. So, the next team is the Atlanta Falcons, James, and uh, there were at least three guys on the PFF top 200 list. We had defensive lineman Calais Campbell with an 83 overall, uh, edge Bud Dupree with a 75 overall, and cornerback Jeff Okuda, of all people, with a 74 overall. In my opinion, none of them get tagged. Calais Campbell would be the guy if you would do it, but you never see guys at this stage of his career get tagged. You know, it's, and, and he's only an 83. For me, I'm really wanting an 85 with a higher ceiling, you know, into the future. You know, Calais mm-hmm. Campbell, his best days are behind him. It's just, you, you don't tag a guy like that, man. So as part of my analysis, I, with um, Atlanta, I believe that any one of those three players based on the season they had this past season, um, if they wanted to re-sign them, they could do so at a value that's far less than the tag yeah. number. And Calais so Campbell might stay there, right? Because he likes Atlanta. He does a mm-hmm. lot for the community, uh, but you're not going to tag that guy. Right. Cause you, you, you could sign them at, to return for a much lower number than the tag itself. So, mm-hmm. Very good point. And yeah, we could say the same thing about Marquise Brown with the the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, All right. So then that takes us to Baltimore and Baltimore had a shit ton of guys on the top 200 list. I only pulled the top five. (laughs) They had so many. I just said, Hey man, we're cutting it off at five. You got defensive lineman, Justin Matabuki, 89 overall. Offensive guard, Kevin Zeitler, 85 overall. Edge, Jadavian Clowney, 86. They're not tagging him. Linebacker, Patrick Queen, 83. And safety, Geno Stone, 80. Geno Stone's been in the news a lot. Uh, I think he's got money on his mind. He wants to stay in Baltimore, but he's going to go to the highest bidder. Uh, Patrick Queen, you know, you got to remember they they're really paying a lot of their money to Roquan Smith at linebacker, and Patrick Queen was kind of underwhelming until this past year where they just had immense talent all around him. Clowney has been a journeyman his whole career. 
in kind of a disappointment his whole career. Zeitler, I've been hearing they're going to let him walk, and he's going to test out free agency. Uh, Matabuki, he could be the guy. And if I'm making the decision here, living in a fake calf world, you know, I, I haven't looked at where Baltimore's at. I would probably hang on to Matabuki because you want to have a guy, especially on the interior of that defensive line, uh, that is one of those, you know, blue chip caliber guys. And I think he fits that bill. Uh, I think we've seen in the last couple drafts, defensive tackles in particular, uh, very hard to find high quality ones that stick around in this league. Um, and so for me, I do it. What do you think, man? So to answer your question, Baltimore's currently at about 15 million under the cap. Um, Matabuki, I think if he hit the open market, would receive well over or close to or over, even over the cap number average per year on that contract. I think I think Matabuki is probably one of the top I'll call him top 10 free agents. Sure. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So I think Baltimore would be stupid not to franchise him with the hopes of signing him for a long-term deal. Yeah. And I'm actually going to pull up the uh, PFF list just to see real quick if I can find where he was at. I mean, they got him as the number six guy. I mean, that's for sure tag worthy. Mm-hmm. All right, so that, that takes us to Buffalo. And Buffalo had uh, three guys on the list that I pulled. I think they actually had more than that, but I just I stopped at three because the, the remainder were like well outside of the top 100. And so I thought, eh, we don't need to go that far. But you got edge guy Leonard Floyd, 78 overall. Wide receiver Gabe Davis, 85 overall. And defensive lineman Daquan Jones, 80 overall. Uh, I think each of these guys, for different reasons, are not taggable. Gabe Davis is a wide receiver, too. You're not going to tag that guy. Leonard Floyd, journeyman, later in his career, you're not going to tag that guy. Uh, Similar with Daquan Jones. None of these guys fit the bill, man, my opinion. So I'm going to tell you a stat that I found when I was researching this. In the last six years, Brandon Bean, who's the general manager in Buffalo, has not used a franchise tag. If it rains six days in a row, you're going to assume it's going to rain the seventh. I don't see that. I don't see Buffalo using the franchise tag. I I did have possibly one other player that could be on the list to franchise. I don't have the PFF ratings for him, but AJ. A pen, a pen Epineza. Epineza. Yeah. Yeah. He was I, on it. I think he was just outside of the top 100. So he didn't make I, my cut, but yeah. Yeah. And I had him at, I had him as a p- potential one. And now, but... it, and now, James, I like that you brought that up, right? Because he is on the uh, earlier side of his career, right? He's coming mm-hmm. off his first contract. Yeah. And so hypothetically, if you're going to tag a guy, he does fit some of the elements of what you're looking for. It's just that we haven't seen uh, that high of a ceiling out of him for him to really be a franchise tag worthy guy. Yeah, ex- exactly. I, I was just I, because 
<clears throat> you didn't mention him. I wanted to mention that I saw him as as a potential tag target, and he fits the bill of what we see or what with what we see as why you would tag a guy. But I don't think that they will. Like last year, um, with uh, the two oh, we were looking at players. like Jordan Poyer, you know, and they didn't tag him, you yeah, know, but Poyer, I mean, they worked it and, out. But yeah, so Poyer and there's the other guy that that we were looking at. Like, oh, these are these are one of these two guys, and I think it, the guy that uh, Tremaine Edmonds. Oh yeah, 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 Terrell Edmonds. Terrell Edmonds. Or, or is it Tremaine? One of them was one of them's a safety. One of them's a linebacker. I mix them up sometimes. But yeah, I yeah. I did. Uh, uh, that's gonna. He's in me. Chicago now. <laughs> He's in Chicago now. Okay, so let me look at Chicago. It's it's Tremaine. I was right. I was wrong. Yeah. So, so yeah, like we were talking about talking about that, but but you have to with um, Buffalo, you have to go with their history and say, yeah. a they're not going to tag anyone. B they really have one person that would fit the criteria that we would see to um, to franchise tag. Good call there. All right, so next up we got the Carolina Panthers, and I don't want to—I don't want to like be running this whole thing. You know, I know you got notes too, so like if you want to, you know. So for Carolina, the only—I only saw one person that was even tag worthy on Carolina. Sure. Um, I don't have the rankings as as you do, but and that's Brian Burns. Brian Burns, the way okay. he's talking, he wants to be one of the highest paid uh, edge rushers in the league. And yeah. so he's seeking a con- basically seeking a contract that exceeds, well exceeds the current tag value. Um, he's 25 and he's a key player for the defense. Um, so 20, about what is it? 23 million for, for out for a linebacker would be, would be a discount to get Brian Burns back and I, I didn't see really anybody else like they have a lot of younger players but i didn't see anybody else that could i i would feel comfortable saying could be a target for tagging i agree he's he's got to be the guy right i mean he's a, a cornerstone player for that defense very young in his career very high ceiling um you know you just went out and you drafted bryce young at quarterback last year this is like your quarterback of the defense I think it's a no-brainer. You have to tag him. The other candidates on PFF, it's free agents, not necessarily tag candidates, were linebacker Frankie Louvu with an 82 rating and wide receiver DJ Shark with a 74 rating. I thought, okay, obviously Shark's not getting tagged. We know that, all right? He was a lion. He was a, a jaguar. You're not tagging that guy. Uh, Frankie Louvu, I do like the 82 rating, but um, – you know, it's obvious here. Brian Burns is the guy. And we go to Chicago. And Chicago's kind of already played their cards on what they're going to do with the franchise tag. And I'm going to give you a quote I found from um, Ryan Pohl's, uh earlier, like a week or two ago. Sure. About, and it's Jalen Johnson. And the quote is, he's not going to go anywhere. Okay. Um, 
Because so, Jalen Johnson's been talking, you know, the business yeah. side of, you know, right. I, I so want to stay in Chicago, but I want to get to, paid. And the <laughs> quote I found from him was his his heart is in, is definitely in Chicago. Mine's definitely on the money. Yeah. Um, And he's also stated that he wants to reset the cornerback market. Which I, don't, would put I don't him, think he's that good, but which yeah. would put him at more than twenty-one million dollars. The eighteen point eight million dollar cap is it eighteen point eight? I think that's about right for a cornerback. Nineteen point eight. Nineteen point eight. Sorry, I nineteen point eight cool. um, cap value for cornerback would be a discount to keep. Jalen Johnson based on what he says he's looking for. And I, I think with cornerbacks, like you either, it's one of those positions where, where if you're good enough to be top five, 10 at your position, which I think he is, teams will pay extra money for that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I think Jalen Johnson's the guy in Chicago, if they're going to do it. Uh, And it sounds like based off of what you're saying, they are going to do it. Uh, the other two candidates from the PFF list would be wide receiver Darnell Mooney, who is a 78 overall, and edge Yannick Ngakwe, who's a 72 overall. You know, those guys, both right off the bat on the rating, you wouldn't want to franchise tag a guy who's in the 70s. Uh, but Mooney, he's a wide receiver, too, at best. And then Ngakwe, a journeyman edge guy that's really kind of one-dimensional in his game you're not going to tag him either. And so, yeah, I I think Jalen Johnson's the guy. Uh, I did think up until recently, like you're saying with Poles' comment, I thought that there was a chance they were going to let Jalen Johnson go, to be honest. But Mm. I think that that was just both sides jockeying, kind of playing it out. Uh, And it looks like he's going to be retained after all. But we'll find out in the coming weeks. Yeah. And then we go to Cincinnati. And Cincinnati, after... I didn't go anywhere past T. Higgins because yeah. of quotes. I don't have the direct quote from Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow has made it. Let's let's say he's made it clear that he expects T. Higgins to be back for 2024. Um, that's all you gotta say. That's all you have. <laughs> that's all all you have to know. They're they're not seeing to be I seen coming up with a long term deal for him. And with Joe Burrow basically saying he's back, um, that tells me that they're going to franchise tag him because the prospects of long-term deals seem iffy right now. Yeah, no, I, I like the way you put that. I didn't know the, the comments about Joe Burrow. Um, he was the top guy on the PFF list with an 84 overall via lineups. Um, and um, I, for a wide receiver, too, He's one of those guys that you think about tagging because Mm -hmm. so many other teams are looking at him as a wide receiver one if he hits free agency. Mm -hmm. And the expectation I'm hearing is that Tyler Boyd's going to be gone because he's also a free agent, and they want to keep the one-two combo Mm -hmm. of Higgins and Chase intact. The other options based off the PFF list, and Cincinnati had a few. You got defensive lineman DJ Reader with an 86 overall, cornerback Chidobi Awuzie with an 86 overall, 
in offensive tackle Jonah Williams with a 73 overall. Uh, I don't know, you know, maybe you think about Reader, but I don't think any of those guys fit the mold. You know, I think Jonah Williams, had he lived up to the hype of what they thought when they drafted him, you know, he might have been a guy who could have been in that window, but you look at what they did last year. They brought in uh, what's-his-face at left tackle. They moved Jonah Williams to right tackle. You're not going to tag a guy like that, man. So, uh, yeah, I think it's T. Higgins or Bust for Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then with Cleveland, I came up with four possible candidates for Cleveland. I was uh, defensive end Zadarius Smith, defensive tackle Shelby Harris, linebacker Sion Takitaki. Takitaki. And the player that I think, I kind of think they should, but it's too much value for that position. Um, running back Kareem Hunt. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I didn't even think about Hunt, and I didn't see him on the list, but I don't know, man. Running back, he's... Right. He's running back, and running back is so undervalued. I think Kareem Hunt, I think he can be... Can, but he's can also, be that special you know... player, but he needs the one-two punch. Yeah, and... didn't they lean more on Jerome Ford last year? Hunt was just a, a change-of-pace guy for him. Well, Kareem Hunt... So if they were gonna, they were gonna franchise tag Kareem Hunt because remember Kareem Hunt only played in like, uh, what did he play in last year? He he only came in after after the uh, the injury to Chubb. Yeah, after Chubb got hurt, and he was he was he was sitting on the couch. Yeah, not, and not he was a bit of a touchdown hawk, but I think. I think Jerome Ford was like their main guy, right? And so, so he had he had 135 carries. Um, nine touchdowns, but and that was in. Yeah, they're not going to tag him. Well, no, I mean, seeing... especially because the ex. Well, why? I guess you don't know what Chubb's status is going to be, right? Because they're saying, even though it was early in the year, they're saying it was such a brutal knee injury that his status will be in doubt for the start of next year. Right, and let me take a look. I just. I just I like Kareem Hunt and I think that's yeah. what's kind of kind of I like him but I wouldn't way. tag him. And so yeah, they Jerome Ford had two hundred and four where Kareem Hunt had um hundred and thirty five, but Jerome Ford played in all seventeen games where Kareem Hunt played in fifteen. Okay. So that that was that's the stats on it. Honestly, any of those four players they're more likely to re-sign or replace and draft free agency or trade than franchise tag them. Especially like I, I'm, I'm, I'm tilted because I like Kareem Hunt as a player. Yeah. Um, I like him as a running back. I think he really made, made Chubb what Chubb is by being there. They were but a great then, combo. But also like 12 million for a running back. For a part-time back. Yeah, is a little bit high. Yeah. Yeah, for me, man, honestly, I, I would look at uh, Zadarius Smith. And he's got an 84 rating on lineups. You know, he's he's on his, uh, I don't know, third team, right? You know, but um, 
I really like the combo with him and Miles Garrett. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to break that up because you look at how successful their defense was last year. Uh, I think he's a big reason for that. But is it franchise tag worthy? <sighs> I mean, I would consider it, but to me, I don't think Cleveland use it as it, uses it on any of these guys. I I agree. I'm not, I was not saying that they were going to use it on them. Like, yeah. I'm saying like the like I understand. I think yeah, we're just narrowing down the list. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And why don't you take it away with Dallas? All right. The freaking Cowboys, America's team, not. Um, all right. So Dallas had at least three guys up? on the PFF list. And I, I stopped at three because after that, they were guys outside of the top 100. Uh, and so you have offensive tackle Tyron Smith. 96 overall, according to uh, lineups. Cornerback Stephon Gilmore, uh, 89 overall, according to lineups. And then running back Tony Pollard, 87, according to lineups. Um, I don't think that Dallas tags anyone, in my opinion. Tyron Smith, I love him. I love that 96 rating. But he's old as dirt at this point for, you know, NFL years. And he gets hurt more than you would like. Uh, Gilmore, a bit of a journeyman now at this point of his career. You're not going to tag him. And then Pollard, I think we kind of saw it last year. He's good, but he's better in a committee. And you're not going to tag a guy if you're going to pair him up with somebody else. And so I don't see anybody for Dallas. But what are your thoughts there, man? Well, first, I, I apologize. I don't You're know the, the shadow man. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with my camera. Like, I have lights on all over the fucking place, and it has me fucking dark as hell. Um, so I apologize for that. But, but anyways, it is freaky. It it looks like you're hanging out in the dark. Yeah. So, anyways, I don't think Dallas really tags anyone. Like, who they've tagged the past? So the past four seasons, they tagged. Tony Pollard last year didn't really work out, and in, in this the, um, coming into this year, um, he didn't really didn't really do shit. Um, Dalton Schultz in 2022 didn't get a long term contract, and then two years in a row they take t- tag Dak Prescott, who did get a long term deal, but I thought that was a waste because Dak I don't think Dak Prescott's a good quarterback. Um, and I think also, he's good. He's just not great. I. Okay. Can you win a Super Bowl with hey, Dak? Hey, you're Prescott? back. You're back. Yeah, I don't know. I did nothing. Can you win a Super Bowl <laughs> with Dak Prescott? I don't think you can. Therefore, you shouldn't be paying him what is was it like fucking thirty five million dollars a year? You just rather throw him back into the pond and try and yeah. draft another guy. Exactly, because the ultimate thing is is are you going to win a Super Bowl? And yeah. if I you can't win a, a Super point. Bowl with that player with that quarterback, then he shouldn't be. You're fucking on your fucking team. I, I just I think Dak is good enough where it's like if you could build a team around him. Of course, they did that. Right. And they had a sweet defense, too. And so, yeah, I guess now now I probably got to reevaluate it. But to me, it's like if you can get a really good quarterback, um, he doesn't need to be that top tier guy because part of your job is like a GM is building an overall team. And 
you know, there's only one Patrick Mahomes, right? And there was only one Tom Brady before him. And so it's like, to me, it's like, you know, who the fuck was the guy that we always talk about? Like Tim Couch or whatever fucking won the Super Bowl with Baltimore or whoever the hell it was. I, I always forget, man. Yeah. But the thing of it is, is they built around him and they still fucking lost in the playoffs. Yes. No, I agree. No, like I said, I probably got to reevaluate it now. Yeah. I just, I don't see Dallas tagging anyone. No. Much like the next team, the Denver Broncos, I don't see Denver tagging anyone because I'm going to tell you a little stat. They are currently 24 million over the, over the cap. Oh, the Sean Payton special. If they trade or cut Russell Russ, Wilson. Yeah. Russell Wilson, over the next two seasons, they will have $85 million of dead cap. Ah, oh, such a freaking albatross of a contract. Um, they don't have luxury to fucking tag anybody. And, and that's including their free agent kicker, Will Lutz, who would be a $5.5 million. Like, they don't have the ability yeah. to tag anyone. Like, they are like they are the example of what the fuck is the league going to do if the team can't get under the cap. Yeah. Well, and they don't have anybody to tag anyhow. On the yeah. PFF list, they did have a handful of guys I was surprised about. But the ratings are all low. You got center Lloyd Cushenberry, 78. Linebacker Josie Jewell, 78, and tight end Adam Troutman, who they brought in from New Orleans, 73. Um, I I actually I like Josie Jewell a lot. He's a freaking blue collar, hardworking linebacker out of mm-hmm. Iowa, but uh, you're not tagging him. You know he he doesn't fit the mold, man. He's not an 85 plus with a high ceiling. He's one of these guys that's been a grinder for them and been good for them, but he's a backup on almost any other team. And then Cushenberry, yeah, you want to keep your offensive line solid, but they went out, they spent their money on Mike McClinchy last year, and Cushenberry's a sub-80 rating. You're not going to tag that guy. So, mm-hmm. And then Troutman, come on, he's a 73 overall. Obviously, you're not tagging him. You're not tagging a, a freaking tight end unless it's like the next Rob Gronkowski. Or if it's uh, Travis Kelsey. Yeah. But but he was baby Gronk, right? Remember, he wanted everybody to call him that when he was younger. And then he got mad, and he's like, they got to stop calling me baby Gronk now. All right, well, you're the one that wanted everybody calling you that. I forgot about that. I actually completely forgot about that. Yeah. But they'll all, yeah, okay. Yeah. So the our, our favorite Detroit Lions here are next, James. Yes. So, free agent-wise, they have... I had four that eh, could, in theory, potentially be targets for the, for, for the tag. Gardner Johnson, Jonah Jackson, Reeves Maven, and Josh Reynolds. Yep. Historically, the Lions don't use the cap, or the tag. Um, last time they used it was... Zeke Ansa in 2018. And how this front this front office's theory and what they what they've done there is they build the foundation through the draft and developing talent 
and trade for players. If they had somebody like, I don't know, uh, if like Penny Sewell was a free agent, I would say yes, tag him. Yeah, sign him long term, but tag him if you have to. Yeah, but outside of Penny Sewell, like there's there are probably few players who aren't going into free agency on the Lions that I would say yes, definitely tag that player. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Um, you know, I did hear some rumblings of people wanting them to hang on to Jonah Jackson and possibly to the point of tagging him. And I thought, no, you're fucking crazy. I like Jonah Jackson, but you can't have that much money wrapped up in your offensive line. You already got three first-round picks there, and you're going to have to pay Sewell next year if you don't extend him this year. So so don't do it. Jonah Jackson can walk. They'll find mm-hmm. a guy to, to fill in for him. I have faith in Brad Holmes and company. Josh Reynolds... Sorry, man, you're a wide receiver three or four at best on most teams. You're not taggable. Um, I would consider Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, but I think we saw so much positive and high upside out of Brian Branch that if you think you're going to get answers at cornerback, you don't really need to worry about bringing Gardner-Johnson back Mm -hmm. because – he did get hurt for a portion of the year, and, um, you know, really him and Brian Branch kind of played the same position, right? So it's kind of tough. I know a lot of teams have been moving to, like, a three-safety defense, and I love his intensity. I would want him back. I just don't know that he fits the mold of a tag guy, to be honest. I think he's close, but he's not quite there. I agree. So that takes us to the Packers, man. To the Packers. Honestly, of the people that were scheduled or potential free agents this offseason, they had one player that if they did not sign him to a, um, a an extension during the season, I would say he would be taggable or he would be the player they tagged, but that's Rashawn Gary. Like, outside of that, yeah. like, their free agents, A.J. Dillon, um, K- Kassian Nixon, Runyon, and Darnell Savage. I don't think the contract that those players would require or need come to the value of the tag. So I don't think Green Bay tags anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I I think, um, you know, what was it? A.J. Dillon, what was he, a late first round pick? I know that was one of the Rodgers ones they were bitching about. Or no, was he a second rounder? I think he was a second round pick because I think that was the draft that they. Oh, they took um, Jordan Love. Jordan Love, yeah. Yeah. So AJ Dillon. Yeah, was, so he would have been a second rounder. He, he would have a fifth year option, right? So um, I think that they they want him back badly because they like his combo with Aaron Jones, mm-hmm. but I don't think he's good enough to tag. And then I I like John Runyon. But same kind of thing. He's not really a taggable guy. You don't really see interior offensive linemen get tagged. And so, um, you know, and then Darnell Savage, he's just not, you know, 76 rating. I'm not tagging him either. So I don't I don't think Green Bay's got a guy this year. And that's not to say that they, they're lacking talent, because I think Green Bay has a lot of talent on their team. 
They just don't have any of those guys hitting free agency this year, which is good for them. So. <laughs> yeah, good for them. Fuckers. But yeah, good for them. So then we go to Houston. And when you look at Houston, there's only one player that's worth um, worth the tag. And it's because it's I'll, – I'll talk about Chicago and what Chicago did with Montez sure. Sweat when I'm talking about this player. They just gave Montez Sweat a four-year, $98 million contract. Um, who has not reached double-digit sacks in his career until the end of this past season, which was after they gave him the, the contract extension. Then you have Jonathan – Greenard, defensive end for Houston, who has 12 and a half, who had 12 and a half sacks this year. And the tag would cost for defensive end, let's call it 21 million. It's about the going rate for that position. It's a good player to tag. Yeah, maybe you could could tag him with the intent of signing him to a long-term deal. Uh, but I think that's that was the only real candidate I had for Houston. Houston far exceeded expectations this year, and they have a lot of building to do. And I think he, Greenard, with the intention of signing him to a long-term deal, would be a good person to tag for him. Outside of that, I think with all they have to do, all they have to build, there's not much else taggable there. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, so... Um... I like Greenard as an option because if you get a guy on the edge, you're willing to pay a premium for that, right? And you have a defensive-minded head coach. Um, the other option that I, I did look at, I don't have a whole lot of conviction behind it, but was cornerback Steven Nelson, and he had an 85 rating on lineups. He was actually like the top listed free agent on PFF. I thought maybe you look at a guy like him. Uh, he's not as valuable as a guy like Jalen Johnson. Uh, but if you're a young team like Houston is and you want to hang on to one of these guys while you're building the rest of the roster, uh, I think it's going to be on the defensive side of the ball. And I could see it being either Nelson or Greenard. The other guy PFF had was um, Dalton Schultz, who, as you mentioned earlier, was tagged previously by Dallas. I don't see him being taggable. I think he was good, but not great. And he was coming off an injury this year. If they can re-sign him, he'll probably be better for them next year. Uh, but he's not taggable at this stage of his career. Although, remember that Pollard was tagged injured. Well, no, what I'm saying is uh, Schultz went into Houston coming off injury. Ah. Ah. Now now he's healthy. He's he's good I... now. Yeah. Uh. But but I was I was saying it as like an explanation for why maybe his season was a little underwhelming for what they wanted, right? I gotcha. I somehow missed that part of it, but sorry, it's all good, man. I cool. I just forgot I he had such a shit season. I think I just figured that he was hurt. 
Uh, you know, it could have been one of those guys with nagging injuries or who knows, too. I mean, it's there's always somebody on the injury report, man. Yeah. So I think I just assumed and didn't actually look into him. But then that takes us to Indy. And I'll let you take it away with Indy. All right. So for Indy, uh, PFF had... Actually, Indy had a lot of guys on the PFF list, so I cut it off at the top four, which was wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. with an 87 rating, cornerback Kenny Moore II with an 85 rating, defensive lineman Grover Stewart with an 85 rating, and safety Julian Blackman with a 78 rating. I think for them, it's obvious it's Pittman Jr. You hang on to that guy. He is a wide receiver one. I'm just going to be like totally frank with you. I would like to see more out of him. I I know that's like a dick thing to say, but I I honestly I thought he was going to be better than he is. He's really really good, uh, but I thought he was going to be great. But either way, I think that he's one of the best players on their team, and mm-hmm. so because of that alone, you got to tag the guy. So first. The Colts, the last time Indianapolis used the franchise tag was 2013. Oh, my gosh. That's a long time ago. When they tagged their punter, Pat McAfee. Oh, and then he, like, retired. <laughs> um, but also, they tend – what I did see – when I, when I look at it, they tend to narrow – they tend to tie up their big money – prospects uh free agent prospects so Pittman is the clear choice Pittman has come out and said that he's intrigued by the idea of being on the open market but also has said that he sees the franchise tag as being a possibility and thinks it could be a path to reaching a long-term agreement yeah so he's saying the right things yeah so I think they tag him. I don't. I didn't really. After Pittman, I really didn't go much further down the line with Indy. Yeah, I, I think even though they've got some highly rated players, it's Pittman or bust for them. Mm-hmm. And then All right, you want me to take the Jags too? Jacksonville has one person that they do not want to hit the open market. This person had seventeen and a, half, a franchise record, seventeen and a half sacks this year. Um, and that's Josh Allen. There's, I, I didn't look much past Josh Allen when I saw he was a free agent this year for Jacksonville. He's, they don't want him to hit the open market. He'll, he'll, like, he is that player that if he hits the open market, there will be a fucking bidding war on him. Yeah, oh, big time. Dude. I think he yeah. might be, yeah. he, if not. Oh, if he hit the I, open market, he'd be breaking the bank, dude. Yeah. He might be the best potential free agent right now and And, especially coming off the season he had yeah and the thing is like in a lot of circles people don't ever talk about him yeah exactly he does not get the credit he is due he's got a 92 rating on lineups uh yeah he he's the obvious choice the other guy that i've heard people talking about is Calvin Ridley at wide receiver. He's got an 85 rating. Um, I mean, it's it's obvious between the two. You take Josh Allen any day mm-hmm. of the week. You want to keep them both because Ridley was good for them last year, 
but he was not great for them last year. Josh Allen, he's going to be great for the long term. Yeah. The other Josh Allen. So the next team is, you can take away. Yes, the uh, reigning Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, So they had about 26 guys on the top 200 list. (laughs) Go figure, right? So I I cut it off at three. We got the uh, defensive lineman, Chris Jones, 98 overall, according to lineups. Cornerback, Legereus Sneed, 91 overall on lineups. And linebacker, Drew Tranquil, 81 overall on lineups. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put Chris Jones. If they tagged him, the value for Chris Jones would be $32 million. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. So it's, it's way above like the face value of the franchise tag. Cause yeah. he's what? One of the 120 percenters. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of the 120 percenters. Yeah. And so it'd be a massive thing. I, I think they, I think they, without a doubt, want Chris Jones back. Mm-hmm. And I think because of like some of the relationship collateral and how long he's been there and the success that they've had, I think they're going to find a way to keep him without having to tag him. Uh, I do believe that if it comes down to it, Andy Reid will tag Legereus Sneed. He freaking loves that guy. And I know that, what is it, McDuffie has really like hit his fucking stride. Uh, but I think that pairing at cornerback is something they do not want to break up. The question is, can they have their cake and eat it too? Because that's a lot of fucking money to be paying out to these guys, right? right. So, but, but I'm going to push back. And I looked at Sneed, and then I looked at how how the Chiefs have drafted the last two years. Yeah, they've been preparing for two years that they're going to lose Sneed. Okay. They drafted four cornerbacks in 2022 and one last year. So they've drafted five cornerbacks in the last two drafts. So they're they're preparing for him to leave. Um, so I think that the path to keeping Snead, especially with the fact that they are, and it's fake, I know, <laughs> they are currently, they they have some cap space. Yeah. Um, I think I think that their path forward is not tagging the players, but getting to the long-term contracts. They'll yeah. probably rework and put some more void years on Mahomes' contract. It's like, doesn't Mahomes' contract like guarantee he's like the top in the top three paid quarterbacks every season or some ridiculous thing like that? Uh, I, you know, I don't remember what it is, but it's um... – I know they've already given him more money, right? And so there's mm-hmm. something to it, right? Yeah. So his cap hit this year, Mahomes is, speaking of ridiculous cap, is his cap hit this year is 58, $58.6 million. Yeah. I mean, next well year, deserved. Next year, it's $61 million. The following year, it's $63 million. I know, but you, you're going to pay Mahomes whatever you got to pay him. I mean... So you already got three Super Bowls with the dude. So he has $63 million fully guaranteed at signing, including a $10 million signing was $141 million is is guaranteed for injury and a total of $477.631 million can become guaranteed based on roster status. Um, upon signing, this is this is like 
I just wanted to talk about his fucking contract yeah. for a minute. It's 2020, 2021, 2022 salaries became guaranteed. On the third day of the 2021 league year, 2023 salary and bonuses became fully guaranteed. On the third day of 2022, 2024. So on the third day of the league year, the following, not that current year, but the following year becomes guaranteed. Uh, blah, 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 blah. The Chiefs converted converted um, salary to roster bonus or to signing bonus last year. I'm sorry, 2021. And giving him a raise of 48.3 million from 23 to 26. They added two void years, 2032 and 2033, and changes incentives to escalators to help create. This is just ridiculous. Like, I was I was looking for it. And I thought there was like some guarantee that he was. He they, was they're just going to keep him there, dude. They're going to keep him yeah. at the top. And he was in the top like 10 for value or contract for quarterbacks. Apparently, apparently the lowest cap hit for Mahomes, which there is no real out for them, for them on the contract. If he just fucking, fucking yeah, something happens to him. Yeah. Is like he gains 300 pounds. He's the next Jared Lorenzen. So 2028 is the lowest cap hit at 27 million. And then it goes back up to 34, 45, 48. Total life of the contract. I mean, it's just fucking ridiculous, this contract. And I can't find it. Um, but I, I can't find the... Um, That's all right. You don't need to find it, man. I mean, But I swear it was like he was... He was like guaranteed to be the man forever. Cap or, yeah. yeah. And then every year on the contract, like there's, oh, I guess there's, there's cap savings after this year. So they kind of have an out. It's <laughs> like 2026 after, after 2025, that's where their out is. Or after 2026, because they would save 50 million or 53 million against the cap, like if he just fucking becomes a pumpkin. But but he won't <sighs> because he's amazing. So all right, we're back, we're rolling, and we left off on Kansas City. I think we're moving on to the Las Vegas Raiders here, James. Yeah, that's who I have next as well. Um. For the Raiders, like I saw one potential candidate, but like I don't, I think they kind of went away from moving or using him. But I think it might be good to consider is um, Josh Jacobs, especially with the fact that they're basically going to be having O'Connell and they need the running game there. Um, even though he's coming off the worst season of his career, but they didn't use him. Yeah, no, for a guy that they tagged and had, you know, like right around 2,000, 
total yards or whatever the year before, mm-hmm. uh, they totally just like changed their plan with him, man. It was so stupid. Uh, but, but I, I agree with you. If, if they're going to a younger quarterback, bring this guy back and make him your workhorse again and help carry the load while you acclimate your quarterback. And, and he is the only option. You got Andre James at center and Jermaine Ulamore at tackle, both with 70-ish, you know, one of them is 78, the other one's a 73 rating. They're not mm-hmm. taggable. And so, yeah, it was a down year, but I don't think it was. Here's the thing. It's just like Saquon Barkley had a down year compared to the year before, too, right? To yes. me, that's that was Saquon. We're seeing more of the real Saquon. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Saquon has potential, but Saquon also can just suck too. Uh, Austin Eckler, you know, yeah, he's great, but then he runs his mouth and then he's not so great. And Tony Pollard, great when he's in a tandem, not as great when he's the one and only guy. Josh Jacobs, I think, is a true running back one in this league, but you got to give him the fucking ball, man. And they yeah. stopped doing that last year. But here's the thing, and here, and I don't have the exact quote, but in my research, one, I think that there's a chance that they will sign him to a long-term deal. Okay. Because what he said going into the offseason, which Vegas held up their their end of the bargain, he said that he would be quote all in end quote if the Raiders made Antonio Pierce the head coach. Oh, nice. Well, that's good to hear. So I think I think his down year, like you said, is because they didn't use him. I mean, he had a fr- freaking ri- ridiculous year the year before. And they didn't use him properly. They, I think they might have forgotten that he was on the team. It was a McDaniel but... stupid bullshit thing, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. we tagged him. And so everybody thinks we're going to run run the wheels off of them. But guess what? We're going to air it out every game and trick everybody, and then I'm going to get fired because we suck. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So then that moves to us to the Los Angeles Chargers. Yes, your favorite team of all time. And they're, they had their, t- their top four free agents, Eckler, Kenneth Murray Jr., Gerald Everett, and Michael Davis. No, Loki Gilman. Mm, no, it's all right. That's, that's he was on the PFF. List. He was on the PFF list. All right, that's all I'm saying. But yeah, my point is, is not one of those free agents played last year up to a level that the franchise tag will cost them. No, not even. Close. Also, they are so salary cap strapped. Um, they are. Let me get the updated number. They are $31.7 million over the cap. Yeah. And How, they're bringing in Jim Harbaugh at head coach. He's going to make a ton of changes. Uh, you know, Herbert is the only guy that's safe on that team, right? You know, Har- Harbaugh's got to put his fingerprints on that team. Anybody that's making any kind of money is on the hot seat. Exactly. Then move on to the Rams. Yes. Um, the only player that I saw as potentially taggable for the Rams 
the value of the franchise tag, and you don't see this position tagged that often, is higher than the Rams would play would pay for an offensive lineman, and that's Kevin Dotson. Yeah, um, they did trade for him in training camp, which I don't I don't have the details on the trade. The good news for the Rams is they have a lot of cap space right now to spend in free agency. They have $41 million to spend in free agency. They can get a guy. They, they have a lot, 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 of, a lot of needs, and I don't think guard $18 million, I don't think basically half of your potential cap is worthwhile to pay for a guard that has been on the team one year. And yeah, he had a good year, but I don't see it as worthwhile. No, I agree with you, man. They had a little bit of a Super Bowl strip down, right? And now mm-hmm. they're back into a position where they can start to go back up. And really, you know, you saw it last year with a healthy Stafford. They could get it to still be afloat with some of these cap constraints and other things going on in the background. Um, PFF also had safety Jordan Fuller at a 77 with lineups and then center Coleman Shelton at a 70. I don't see either of those guys being taggable, and I don't think Dotson either. Uh, We kind of covered it earlier. Typically, those interior offensive linemen almost never get the tag. Uh, I think the Rams are better off without it. Mm -hmm. And we go to Miami, and there's clearly one player, even though – Miami is currently sitting at a cool $33 million over the cap. There is one player, he fits all our criteria. He he's a young player that could be a cornerstone for it. He's coming off his he's coming off his first contract. He was drafted in 19. Um, and they didn't do they didn't. They didn't pick up his fifth year option. 1920, 21, 22. Oh no, 23 was his fifth year. Sorry, I, I, my mind went blank on that. So even though their cap kind of strapped for the cap, like this is a player that they tried to get a contract extension in the and during the season couldn't get it. Um, he would be, and that's Christian Wilkins. He had nine and a half sacks um, this past year, and yeah, defensive tackle. Defensive tackle. I also th- I think that using the tag on them is giving them the time because both sides have have expressed interest for him staying there long term. Yeah, it's just having the time to to iron out the details of that contract. Yeah, I like that pick. Um, you know, we talked about him earlier in the year when we talked about options for the Lions possibly to go after to try and beef up the defensive line. And he was one of those like dream scenarios. If you could find a way to get him, you would, but you'd be giving up a shit ton to get him. And so interior defensive lineman, 87 rating on lineups. uh, But I think he's above and beyond that. And you're not going to let him get away. Miami does have some other big name guys or higher rated guys, rather offensive guard, Robert Hunt at an 83 center Connor Williams at an 83 and edge Andrew Van Ginkle at an 85. Uh, But 
you know, you can only use one tag and it's going to be Christian Wilkins. If it comes down to it, those mm-hmm. other guys probably not taggable anyhow for various reasons. But yeah, I agree with you, man. Wilkins are bust. Yeah. And we have Minnesota who's in a interesting situation. Yes. They have two players that I would consider tagging, but they cannot place the franchise tag on them. And that's Kirk Cousins, but Cousins' contract doesn't end till March 13th. Okay. So they can't place the tag on him because he's still under contract at the deadline to place the tag on him. Yeah, so was that something that he did by by design yes. to make sure he yes. had sort of like a no franchise tag clause? Yes. Yeah, it I was, thought it was, it was something like that. Yeah. It was intentionally done after the tag deadline. The other player is Daniil Hunter. But Daniil Hunter has a no tag clause in his contract. Oh, I didn't know that he had one. Okay, all right. Outside of that, like those were the two obvious ones I found. I didn't go much further after that, but like those are the two obvious people that are entering free agency, but there's yeah. they can't tag them. So I don't see Minnesota because you have to do get long-term deals on those two on those two players if you want to keep them and them being oh they'll be big time money guys yeah and the big being big time money guys they have 32 about 32 million in um cap space this year uh and i think part even though he's not under contract of that third of of their cap hit this year cousins still takes up 29 million in cap <laughs> oh the way they do these freaking contracts blows my mind man yeah um I, yeah so the only other guy on the pff list was offensive guard dalton risner and lineups has him at a 74 rating you're not going to tag that guy no. Uh, and so, yeah, it looks pretty obvious that Minnesota's not using the tag this year, even though I'm sure they desperately want to. <laughs> and then we go to New England. Yes. They have one one player that I see as tag worthy, and I don't think they should use the franchise tag because they have to go through a rebuild. And I'm sorry, they have two players that are tag worthy. Um, they have they have Kyle Duggar at safety, he, who played more snaps on defense than anybody else last year, and he's he's basically come come into his own and is like the man in in this in on the Patriots defense, uh, run support, uh, coverage, coverage kind of breaks down, but he plays basically four downs and he's in his prime years and that's type well i keep wanting to say belichick Ugh. and then you have offensive lineman mike and one who but tagging duggar will cost less money than tagging a and one who so I think they tag Duggar or Duggar or however the fuck you want to pronounce yeah, it. I'm not sure how you say it, but 
Yeah, and the uh, the higher rated guy is actually offensive tackle Trent Brown, but he's been around now long enough that he's not really a taggable profile kind of guy. Um, PFF also had Hunter Henry on their list. Lineups has him to 79, and they had Edge Josh Uche at uh, lineups had a 73. Not not going to tag a 73. Um, <sighs> My my gut is telling me the Patriots are not going to use the tag mm-hmm. because there's just so much change going on that they don't want to like basically be hamstrung by the tag as they're starting a new era with a new head coach. Right, and I I will agree with you there. I was just saying if of the two players I saw as tag worthy, yeah. that Duggar would be the op. If they tagged somebody, Duggar would be a better choice than in the one who. Oh, yeah, and what's his name? You know, they, I mean, they've got a defensive-minded head coach, right, former linebacker. So, you know, I mean, that would be the way to go if they're going to do it probably. But, yeah, I agree. I, I don't I don't see it happening, man. Mm-hmm. And then we go to the Giants. I don't see the Giants tagging anyone. Are we – Going, we're doing the Saints later. You got them. Oh. What's your order on your list? I am dumb and don't know how the alphabet works. Oh, well, don't be so hard <laughs> on yourself. All right, we have the Saints. The <laughs> I Saints, mean, I, I, you could, you could just skip them, right? But <laughs> you could, you could, because they only have, they only have really one. Per, they have a very small free agent, yeah. unrestricted free agent list. Um. I don't think they tag anyone like we've talked about. They're like 70, 70, 70 billion over the cap. Yeah, an um, impossible amount over. <laughs> yeah, like they'll figure out a way, but I think the only free agent that they really have that are the biggest name that's a free agent is Andrus Pete, and like I don't see them tagging anyone. Yeah, PFF has Michael Thomas as their top free agent. <laughs> But come on, you're not going to take Michael Thomas of like 2018, maybe. Yeah. And even then, I mean, you know, if you had a crystal ball back then, you would never tag the guy anyhow, because he's been nothing but a bust ever since they gave him the big money to begin with. So exactly. um, Yeah. And they also had Jameis Winston on there, but but obviously you're not going to tag your backup quarterback. So, uh, yeah, no tag for New Orleans. Now we can go to the Giants. Now we'll go to the Giants. Um, The only real potential candidate to be tagged that I saw on the Giants, it'd be stupid for them to tag. Um, And that's Saquon. This year's free agency market for running back is ridiculously flooded. Saquon was tagged, and then they worked out some weird... Oh yeah, we're gonna give him an extra million bucks year. or whatever. Yeah. Um, he had less than a thousand yards, and he's now twenty-seven, past his prime. He said he wants to return to um, the basically the information I found. Giants say they want Barkley to return, and he wants to finish his career in New York. But he's gonna he's he's gonna hit free agency. I don't see them tagging anyone. Unless I missed somebody on the list, but I couldn't find anyone for them. Um, 
So, oh, yeah. also, also, um, the last person that the let me go back to it. The last person that no, never mind. That's another team. Sure. Yeah, I think um, the, you know they want him back, right? Because he scored ten touchdowns. You know, he had like six on the ground and four through the air, but. Um, it was a really, really, really underwhelming season for him. And he started posturing very early on that it was because of the quarterback situation, not because of him. And so he's trying hard to leverage everything he can. I still just do not have that much faith in Saquon Barkley. I would not tag him. He's only had one good year in his career. Uh, the other option on PFF was safety Xavier McKinney with an 86 rating, according to lineups. If I'm the Giants, I'm not tagging anybody, man. Yeah. And then we have the Jets. It's the same type of situation. I'm not tagging anyone. Um, the one of their like their free agents I found uh, are the free. The top free agent I found was Bryce Huff, but he only played 42% of the snaps last year, and he's mm-hmm. basically the same player as McDonald, uh, the 20 who they picked in the um, first round last year. So I don't see them tagging anybody. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. and they could, they would get a compensatory pick if they lost him. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm with you on that, man. PFF also had Mackay Becton and Jordan Whitehead as options. Not as options, but as their free agents that made the top 200 list. Um, I think Bryce Huff would be the only one to consider, but because he's a part-time player, you wouldn't tag him. They, they mm-hmm. just they have such a freaking stack of defensive linemen, man. It, you, you just can't do it. Yeah. And then we go to the Eagles. Did I mess up the alphabet again? I don't nope, you I... got it right. The last player the Eagles tagged was Deshaun Jackson in 2012. Oh, my gosh, man. Wow. It took me a second there. I was like, Deshaun Jackson? Yeah. Yeah. And they don't have anybody really clear-cut that, that they could tag. Um, yeah, they have to figure out DeAndre Swift and Brandon Graham but tags, they're not going to tag them. Fletcher Cox, Jason Kelsey. Kelsey retired. I yeah. believe Kelsey retired. Cox probably going to t- Yeah, retire. Kelsey retired, yeah. If, if Cox doesn't retire, like, they're not going to tag him. He's, 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 at this stage in his career, he's not an every-down lineman, which is what you would tag at, at lineman. Yeah, and he's either I, going back I, to Philly or he's retired. Come on. I've seen a lot that, that he may... Finish his career somewhere else, but they'll work something out. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I think that PFF has all three of those guys. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, DeAndre Swift. None of them are taggable. Brandon mm-hmm. Graham has been on the outs with Philly for fucking three, four years now. I like him personally, but similar to like what you're saying with Fletcher Cox, he's kind of going into more of like that specialist role at this stage of his career. He's not a on-the-field-every-play kind of guy. And then Swift, come on. You're not tagging fucking Swift. You got a mobile quarterback. Swift had a, a really good year, but that's because it was his first year leaving the Lions. He won't repeat it. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we have Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh doesn't really have any tagable players. Um, no. Of their no. free agents, like Mason Rudolph, Marcus Golden, Miles Keller, all of those players will come back, could come back for less than the tag value. One of them that I saw as a potential would be Quan Alexander, but the problem is, is he's coming back from uh, torn Achilles and might not even be available till midseason. So you're not going to tag a guy um, no. to play half the year. No, and he's been on like seven teams. You're not tagging a journeyman. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree with you, man. I, you know, PFF had Chukwoma Okor for Marcus Golden at edge, and then Mason Rudolph at quarterback. <laughs> why? Why they had how Mason Rudolph made the top two hundred list on PFF is blowing my fucking mind. But uh, either way, you're not tagging any of those guys if you're Pittsburgh. Yeah. Then you have San Francisco, and I have to still look this look this up. Um, but. So San Francisco basically only had one player that I could consider, I would consider tagging, and I, I want to look at look something up first on him. Uh, okay. So if he was... So they have basically nobody but Chase Young that would be potentially taggable. They only gave up a third round pick for Chase Young, so you're not going to tag a player like if it was if it was second first round pick that they gave up for Ch- for Chase Young, I could see tagging him. Yeah, but I think they're more likely if they want to keep him, they will work out a deal with him as opposed to tag him because he didn't have the, he hasn't had a stellar year since his rookie year. No, and I think they should retain him, just not mm-hmm. on the franchise tag. Exactly, find a way to work a deal with him. Lineups has him as an 86 overall. I think it's to you know I, I'm I'm gonna say not as good to me as the Zadarius Smith thing with Miles Garrett, but I like it to that kind of arrangement where Chase Young can be a great second fiddle to fucking Bosa. That's all it really comes down to. But you got to get him for the right price. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, PFF had Javon Kinlaw, but lineups only rates him at a 72. And they also had Oren Burks, but lineups has him at a 68. And Oren Burks is really a backup linebacker. He got picked up on, or not picked up on, picked on in the Super Bowl. Um, So, yeah, you're not tagging those guys. Then we have Seattle. And they had two, their two top free agents I had was Leonard Williams and Jordan Brooks. Yep. They're not they're and both players are in line for big paydays. But I know, but Leonard Williams a little long in the tooth now. Williams has been t- tagged twice in his career. So ta- so it's not consecutively. If you're yeah. tagged a third time, if they tag him this year, his price tag will be $35 million. Yeah, you're not tagging him. <laughs> Um, he's only an 81 on lineups now, so he's he's coming down. Right, but and I didn't, I don't really see Jordan Brooks as taggable either. No, uh, and I like Jordan Brooks, but you know, he's he's a quality starter, but he's not like a, a rock star for them. Right, and so Seattle under John Snyder has only used the franchise tag twice in 14 years. Okay. One of the times was on a kicker. Okay. 
So yeah, probably not happening. Yeah. And, and this group of guys doesn't look like a good crop. Bobby Wagner was also on the PFF list, but you're not you're not tagging Bobby Wagner at this stage of his career. He's been on the team, had the high of his career on the team, left the team, came back to the team. You know, you, you don't tag mm-hmm. a guy that's in like the final stages of his career. You tag a guy more in like the early to mid stages. Yeah. And we have one, a team, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who have a few potential players that could be franchise tag. You have um, Mike Evans, Baker Mayfield, Antoine Winfield Jr., and Levante David as they're probably their top four free agents. Yeah. But they're not going to tag Baker. Come on. They're not That's a lot of Baker. money for Baker. That's a lot of money for him. Mike Evans... Um, So, so Baker would eat up like all their cap space. Evans wouldn't be good for his morale. Um, it's kind of like, like you know, just pay Evans, and it would cost him cost him almost it would cost him twenty eight point four million to tag Evans. Antoine Winfield Jr. is the candidate because yeah. the franchise tag on Winfield will only cost them seventeen. Eighteen million dollars, and he's been amazing. And he's he's been amazing. He he's that he's that player that could be the cornerstone of your defense. And he's on the younger side. I think he's going. This is his six years. Yeah, this is the end of his first contract. So yeah, I mean, this has got to be you know your five or your six yeah. at most going into your six. Um, James, I think. What's going to happen in Tampa Bay is going to tell us a lot about this team and what mm-hmm. their front office thinks about them, right? Because I've had kind of like a sneaking suspicion that they're slipping into a rebuild and they're just trying to not say it. Mm-hmm. But if they franchise tag any of these guys, and I think Winfield is really the only guy that they would do it, it tells me that maybe they think they can stay relevant and make another push. But I really don't see a path to the Super Bowl for them. It's just a matter of do they want to try and make the playoffs again and see if they could get lucky or what are they doing? You know, Mike Evans all year last year, everybody was saying he was gone. And then Baker Mayfield was talking about, if I come back, I want Mike Evans back. Mm Mm-hmm. Levante David, people thought he was going to be gone last year, and they brought him back. I don't know, man. I think that um, I think all these are guys that if you're serious about making another run, you need to have them back. Uh, but if you're not serious, you don't bring them back. And so I, all I'm saying is we're going to know pretty quickly what Tampa Bay is doing next year. Are they trying to run it back and make another playoff push? Or are they going to go into rebuild, which they're really just not saying, but I kind of think they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And Tennessee. So basically the big name free agents for Tennessee are are Henry and Danico Autry. Yep. 30 and 33-year-olds. Yeah. Um, Henry, they were looking at um, – it's so rumored that they were going to trade him. Uh, they're going into a rebuild – 
a huge contract or such a such a commitment at what's it? They're not they're not hanging on to Henry. I mean they've yeah. they've already kind of talked about him, you know, and he's talked about oh I'm going to free agency and you know yeah, and like thirteen million and twenty three million. Uh, respectively, Henry and Autry. I, I don't see that fitting into the rebuild they're doing there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, man, I love Derrick Henry, but when they're rebuilding, there's no way. Um, yeah, and then PFF also had center Aaron Brewer, but he's a 74 according to lineups. You're not tagging that guy. Even mm-hmm. though they have issues on the offensive line, you're not tagging that guy. And then the last team in the league the Washington Commanders. The last two players they have tagged, they tagged two years in a row, and then that player left. Um, Kirk Cousins, and then Brandon Scherf. They do have some big name, big time key, key free agents, but none of them, I'm sorry, key free agents, not big time free agents, key free agents, but none of them really I saw as having the value of what the tag would would um, cost them. Uh, possibly Cameron Curl, but he hasn't he hasn't really come. In, he's probably like the best player, but seventeen million for him is a little high. How he's played, yeah. So I don't see them tagging anyone. No, and then you got Cameron, or not Cameron Curl, you just mentioned him. You've got uh, Kendall Fuller at cornerback, but he's 29, and pretty mm-hmm. much the word on the streets, he's not coming back. Um, with Dan Quinn coming in at, at head coach, and he's a defensive-minded guy, you'd think maybe one of those would be a candidate, but I, I just don't see it. And then the other guy on the PFF list was Curtis Samuel, at wide receiver. He's a 79 according to lineups. But the thing is, he's their wide receiver three. You're not going to tag your wide receiver three. Uh, Washington's not going to use the tag this year. There's no reason to. Exactly. All right, so James, that's the franchise tag primer. It was thrilling, and I know that people are going to be commenting like crazy. Um, But let's go to our question of the week. And so this time last year, I asked you about the Philadelphia Eagles and whether or not you thought they would have a Super Bowl slump. I'm going to ask you the same question, but it's going to be about the San Francisco 49ers now. And so, you know, obviously with the the Eagles, they made the playoffs. You know, they, they actually, they started the year pretty good, even though it was kind of choppy. They were winning a lot of games. They fell very flat in the second half of the year, barely got into the playoffs, and then they lost in the wild card round. And so I don't know that that's like a Super Bowl slump, but it was it was ugly, right? I mean, you know, I think the Super Bowl slump is not making the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. So they so they didn't slump, but they they kind of sucked when it mattered the most. The 49ers Man, you know, this is a team that for so many years has kind of been snake-bitten with injuries and random shit happening to them. Uh, When I look at their free agency, and, you know, we're talking Chase Young is the guy that they're worried about losing, it seems to me like they have such a high chance of making it back into the playoffs next year. 
but something in my gut is telling me they are going to slump, man. Something in my gut is telling me that this is going to be a hard loss for them to get over because it's almost like the deck was stacked for this season for the 49ers. They had Brock Purdy on a dirt cheap contract. Uh, you know, they, they had so many guys stay healthy when in all these years they've not. I just, I feel like next year something's going to fall apart. And I, 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 I don't know. I think they're in the right division to make another run back at it. But it just, um, I don't know. It just seems like something is always happening against these guys. And they finally got there, but they couldn't pull it off. I'm going to say yes, they will. And it's it's more of the last three years, the NFC Championship game, NFC Championship game, Super Bowl loss. You go back to 2020, they were 6-10 and 10, the year after they made the Super Bowl again. I think all these games are going to take a toll on them, and all these games over the last couple of years are taking the to- going to finally take the toll on them, and yes, they will slump. Okay. So we're, we both think it's going to be a slump. Okay. Well, that's it. That's question of the week. All right. I don't know. Um, that, that's all I got for tonight, man. That's, that's it. all, all for me. Uh, all right. Hey, it was a, a lengthy show, but we covered a lot of ground. And uh, like always, man, it's a good time. For anybody who's watching, we hope you liked it. If you did, subscribe, comment, like, all those positive things. Shit, send me a text message. I don't care. We just want to hear from you guys. Otherwise, like always, James, it was good. I'll catch you later, my man. All right, sounds good. Have a good one. Sweet Iron Grinder. Hut, hut, hike.